0: Welcome to the podcast, The Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Well, who out there is a gardener? Who loves gardening? I hate gardening, and I'm absolutely hopeless at it. But I actually presumed that when Jason and I, a number of years ago, bought these uh, dwarf, lemon and lime trees, that it wouldn't take much and it wouldn't be long before we had these great little bits of fruit that we could enjoy in our soda water on a hot summer's day. And let me tell you, I did try, not being the gardener, I did try because I was excited about the outcome of these trees, I watered them regularly, I I, uh, pulled out weeds, I got rid of ants that kept climbing all over them, and I even had an infestation of, I discovered what was called scale, so I made some homemade remedy, and I'm cleaning every leaf by hand, but I tell you, I eventually got bored. I got bored because it was hard work, and I gave up. And it'll be no surprise to you that seven years on, one plant is dead. And this one has kind of strangely resurrected itself recently, but it's not doing great. But seven years on, I actually can't tell you if this is the lemon or the lime tree because it has never grown one piece of fruit. It was a few years, and I'm not exaggerating, a few years before I discovered the real reason that my fruit trees never grew fruit. It wasn't from lack of love or effort. The real reason that my fruit trees never thrived is because my husband is a cheapskate. (laughs) Two years into looking after these trees, he finally confessed to me that he bought $2 potting mix it turns out that cheap potting mix is not conducive to growing good fruit. Who would have thought good fruit needs good soil? And the truth is, so do we. When we're planted in good soil, it doesn't matter what attacks and infestations come our way, our souls will be nourished We'll be strong and healthy and we'll have the resources to fight against what's coming at us. And God's intention was never just to plant us and hope that we'd survive as I've done. He's actually made a way for us to grow and to flourish and to thrive, thrive in our circumstances, thrive despite our circumstances, and in fact to thrive because of our circumstances. You see, as we celebrated before in communion, when Jesus came, he took the punishment for sin that should have been ours. It was our sin that kept him nailed to that cross. But Jesus wasn't defeated by death. In fact, three days later after his death, he rose again And he made a way for us to come into this relationship with him, an eternal relationship with the Father. He made a way for our sins to be forgiven. That's a great news for us today, isn't it? It's it's great news that we celebrate in this time of communion. But here's even better news. For every person who puts their faith in Jesus Christ who declares him as their Lord and Saviour, he gives them a free gift. He's a good father, and he gives good gifts to his children. He gives every believer a free gift. It's the gift of his Holy Spirit. See, when we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, he fills us with his Holy Spirit. And it's his spirit within us that reflects the nature of God as we we grow, as we mature to bear good fruit in every season. It's not something that we can grow on our own. It's something that he grows within us by his spirit. It's his, his spirit within us, in our lives that helps to shape and to transform us. And as he does that, From the inside out, just like a plant, we begin to grow fruit that looks a lot like Jesus. See, whether you're in a a season right now that's difficult and feels a bit like a, a winter season, or whether you're in a season that feels like spring because you're growing and thriving, whatever the season you are in, God wants you to bear good fruit. Scripture tells us about this fruit of the Spirit in Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. See, Paul had planted this church uh, a while ago on a missionary journey that he had taken to Galatia. And and amongst the Christians there were were these Jewish Christians. And they began to teach a, 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 a message of salvation that you could be saved through Jesus, but you must also be circumcised. So basically he was saying, you live under grace, but also under law. And as soon as Paul heard this, he wrote to them and he said, no, no, it doesn't work like that. This is not an option. You can't live both under grace, under the grace of Jesus and under the law of man. He says, you, my brothers and sisters in Galatians 5, you are called to be free You're free from the law, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Don't use that freedom just to do whatever you want. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Does anybody feel like biting the person next to you right now? Just stop it. I've got my eyes on you no biting this morning. But he actually goes on to say that there's only one way that we can truly live this life of freedom and not give in to the desires of the flesh. He says it's to walk by the spirit, to keep in step with the spirit. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I mean, What does that even mean, to walk by the Spirit, to keep in step by the Spirit? I want to try a little example here, a bit of an experiment. But in just a moment, some music's going to come on, and I'm going to see who knows exactly what you need to do when you hear this music. Imagine you're at a wedding or a party, and this comes on. Yes, you do. Who else knows what to do? See, I clearly don't. Woo! And then there comes this bit where you turn around and now we're following. OK, that's enough. Well done. Give them a big clap. That was impressive try to follow from up here and I get it wrong every time. I struggle to keep in step when the nut bush comes on. But we go to a party and we hear this music and people automatically know the steps to follow. But obviously keeping in step with the spirit isn't quite the same as keeping in step with the the, uh, dance of the nut bush but rather God is calling us to follow the steps of the Spirit. See, theologians often use the metaphor of a dance to describe the energy amongst the Trinity, the way they move and act together. And it's a beautiful, intimate dance, and we're invited into that dance. And similar to this dance, there's an obedience in following the steps as the Spirit leads. It's a beautiful metaphor of what it means to keep in step with the Spirit. So, Paul says in Galatians 5 walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Most people tend to flip that. We actually think that we have to avoid sin in order to be filled with the Spirit. But Paul says, walking in the Spirit comes first. You accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You are filled with the Spirit. That comes first. Because without the Spirit, you will never be able to say no to the desires of the flesh on your own. Spirit comes to live in us and helps us not to sin. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under law. See, guys, this is a good point for you. It means you don't have to be circumcised. Too much information. Um, sorry. The acts of the flesh are obvious. See, when you live by the sinful nature, not the Spirit of God, it's obvious for everyone to see the fruit in these things. sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envies, drunkenness, orgies. And if you think there isn't a sin on there that includes you, he adds at the end and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit... The fruit that grows out of what the Spirit is doing in somebody's life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us dance in step with the Spirit. The Greek word uh, translated fruit in this passage actually refers to a na- something that naturally grows from within. See, a plant doesn't work for its fruit on the outside. It grows and is nurtured from within when the conditions are good, of course. But Paul uses fruit here to help us understand the product, the natural product of the Holy Spirit who lives inside every believer. The fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Spirit, not the Christian. And the Greek word used here is singular. He says the fruit, not fruits, produced by the Spirit. They're a unified whole. They're not independent characteristics as we often like to think. So basically, as we grow in Christ, all the characteristics of Christ will be manifested in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you plant some uh, cherry tomatoes, in about four weeks' time, you'll see some tomatoes growing on your vine. If you plant a... Mango tree, you've got maybe three to four years, maybe five before you start to see some fruit. If you plant a pineapple plant, (laughs) you in two years grow one pineapple out of one pineapple plant. But whether your fruit takes a short time or a long time to grow, they all take time to cultivate and grow. And just as physical fruit needs time, apparently a heck of a lot of time, to grow, the fruit of the Spirit won't ripen in our lives overnight. It takes time. And just as a successful gardener has to battle the weeds and the bugs to enjoy the fruit, so too we have to constantly work to rid our lives of the weeds and the bugs of our own own sinful nature that want to choke out the work of the Spirit. So how do we keep in step with the Spirit to grow good fruit? Firstly, we need to remain planted in the good soil of His Word. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, in the Word of God, who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. They're they're well-positioned, They've got good nutrients. It yields fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither, unlike my lime tree or lemon, you choose. Um, Whatever they do prospers. Blessed is the one who's planted in good soil, not bad soil, the good soil of God's word. They're like a fruit tree planted by streams of water, constantly nourished by God's word so that their roots go down deep. And they keep growing and bearing good fruit. They flourish. I can tell when my time with God's become the negotiable in my busy schedule. I start to feel dry, empty. I become more anxious. I carry a deep sense of inadequacy. Sin sin starts to become more prominent, starts to become the fruit that's seen in my life. It's hard to keep in step. ...with the Spirit and follow His steps if you're not reading His Word. As I read God's Word, He talks to me and challenges me. He highlights areas in my life that I need to work on. He encourages me. He speaks hope and promise into my heart. His Word has everything that you need to live a good and godly life that bears much fruit... As you read 1 Corinthians 13, he'll teach you how to be a more loving spouse, a more loving parent or to your family or to your friends or your boss. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It goes on. Maybe when you read of the overwhelming joy that David has as they bring the Ark of the Covenant back uh, into the temple, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, with shouts and the sounds of trumpet. Maybe joy is something that you don't have right now and you want more. You might not want to dance uh, in front of God naked or in your underwear, but maybe, maybe you do need to worship with the psalms for a bit longer. Maybe right now you need God's peace amidst some difficult challenges that you're facing. God, I need the peace that Paul talks about that transcends all understanding. God's word is a mirror that we hold up to our lives in every season and every circumstance. When we sit in God's word, we begin to understand how he thinks what he says, and our spirits come into alignment with his will and our understanding grows. We begin to discern the voice of God in our lives and his will for us. Listening to the spirit in scripture helps us to keep walking in intimacy with him. It helps us to know that the steps that we're following are the right ones. It's the most important thing that you can do to get to know him intimately and keep in step with his spirit. Jesus says in John 15, if you remain in him, you will. Say you will. You will. That's a promise. If you remain in him, you will bear good fruit. Remain planted in the good soil of God's word. Secondly, We need to remain planted in a worshipping community. How good was this worship time this morning? It sounds like you've been having some great times of worship together. But imagine if Jason came to me and he said, Susan, I think... Oh, that table's wobbly. Sorry, I just remembered the table's wobbly. Um, Imagine if Jason came to me and he said, I think the best way to help this tree to grow is actually to pull it out of the pot for three weeks of the month. And then for one, month, one week of the month, we'll plant it back in there and we'll water it and it will grow and I think it'll flourish and bear good fruit. We all know that's dumb advice, right? Like I'm not a great gardener and even I'm not that stupid. But we kind of live our lives like that. Some of us turn up to church once a month and we hope it'll be enough to keep our roots growing deep, our faith growing strong and our lives bearing good fruit. Here's a fact that I read on Google, so it has to be true. (laughs) Having other lemon or citrus trees around will actually increase the fruit production of your trees. How good is that? Maybe I need to co-plant them. But same is true for us. Our fruit is multiplied when we stay planted in the good soil of a worshipping community. Paul says to the Colossians in chapter 3, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. We grow stronger, deeper roots as we learn from Scripture together. We gain wisdom and our hearts are full of thankfulness as we join our voices together in praise of our Heavenly Father. God wants us to be a community that echoes, mirrors His love, His joy, His peace, His patience, His kindness, His goodness, His faithfulness, His gentleness, His self-control to a hurting and broken people. You know, you may have... Uh, It sounds like you've been talking a little bit about what's been happening around the world. And um, I've been reading up a bit on uh, Asbury lately, so you you know a little bit of the background, I take it. But I was really struck by this as I was reading it during the week. It says, um, this is one of the seminary lecturers who was describing the experience of this worshipping community that had gathered together. The mix of love and joy... And peace is indescribably strong and indeed almost palpable, a vivid and incredibly powerful sense of shalom. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is undeniably powerful, but also gentle. How good. When a worshipping community gathers together, there is an outpouring of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit comes out of that love, joy, peace, gentleness. I don't know about you, but I want to see that kind of revival happen in our nation, in our church. And we can't presume that the work of God in this season of our lives will be as we've seen it before. But are we coming expectant? Are we praying with open hearts that we will see God do things that we've never seen before as he pours out his spirit over us? If we want to see that, we have to remain obedient to his word and remain planted in a worshipping community. Church on a Sunday, life groups during the week, prayer meetings, other worshipping communities throughout the week. Don't let your worshipping community be the thing that gets squeezed out of your busy schedule. Don't let church become an optional extra for you. You It's when I gather with my worshipping community that I hear God speak to me the loudest. It's hard to try and explain, but I want to just give you a little insight into what's happening in my head as I join together with a worshipping community. When, I, when we gather, my heart is open and ready for him. When I come into worship, I am singing praise of adoration. I am magnifying him above all else. I actually usually listen to worship music on the way to church so that I'm preparing my heart already. I'm opening the door to open the door, so to speak. I'm ready to come into the throne room of God as I enter in with my fellow believers. Sometimes in that space, that's all it is. Absolute worship and adoration of Him and that is amazing does my heart good to focus on him and not myself. But it's as we worship, as we enter his throne room and look to him, as I pray in those times, I'm sitting in his presence. I'm ready. I'm listening. And he starts to give me words and pictures in my mind that I've learned over many years to recognise as him speaking to me. It's like Elijah describes in the Bible, it's not uh, God in the powerful wind or the earthquake or the fire, but in the gentle whisper as he whispers, as I turn my eyes and my ears to him. I've learned to recognise that gentle whisper because I've sat in the truth of his word and because I've practised listening to the thoughts and the pictures that come into my mind. That sounds funny using the word practice, but we need to practice. I've practiced speaking those words out over many years. And I am honest in my humanity, I don't always get it right, but I don't want to give up trying. You've got to be intentional. You've got to pay attention. And the best way I learned to do that was in our life group many, many years ago as a young adult. They were safe people to practice with. We would worship and align our hearts with God, and then we would ask him to speak words to us, give us pictures, and then we would share them amongst ourselves. It usually began with something like, I think maybe God is saying, I could be wrong, but I'll give it a go, I think God is saying saying or sharing this with me and as we spoke those words out loud as we had them either affirmed or maybe I might need to go away and pray about that I learned to depict and recognize the whisper of the spirit above the rest of the noise in my head and when I'm struggling now to, to rid the rest of the noise in my head, I, I come back to that place of worship because it helps me to put my focus back on him, to, to come back into that place of adoration. Because in his presence, as we align our spirit with his, his voice is clearer and we can depict amongst the noise. I want to encourage you, if you're in a life group during this series and you haven't done this together... I strongly recommend it. It will be a powerful, life-changing experience as you learn to listen to and recognise the voice of the Spirit. He's got something to say every moment, every season. But wherever you go, turn up regularly, as often as you can. You will be blessed Others will be blessed. The church will be blessed. And we will see a greater outpouring of God's spirit as we continue to gather together as a worshipping community. Remain planted in the good soil of his word. Remain planted in a worshipping community. And lastly, ask the master gardener for what you need. Please don't ever come to me for gardening advice. And please don't ever ask Jason to source you good gardening products. But here's the good news. We have a master gardener who has everything that we need to cultivate and produce good fruit in our lives. And he says we can ask him for whatever we need to grow healthy. John 15 says, if you remain in me, if you keep in step with me, and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you this is to my father's glory my father's glory that you bear much fruit he wants us to grow much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples sometimes all you've got to do is ask When we're filled with the Spirit, when we keep in step with the Spirit, ask whatever you want. It's for my Father's glory. You know, a couple of weeks ago at Thrive at McKenzie, it's a a women's gathering. We meet every fortnight in the morning and we worship together. We lean into God's word together. And that particular morning I was about to share with them on the fruits of the spirit. And as our worship team was leading us, I was overcome with anxiety. I was having trouble shaking it and for anybody who knows some of my story, I started to panic that this was a reoccurring thing. I didn't want to go back to the dark place that I'd been in. So as we worship, I simply knelt down before God. I was trying to surrender it to him and I was trying to put him, lift him above my anxiety and as I did, I heard God in that moment, that little whisper in my head and he said, Susan, what's going on? And I said to him, God, I just feel so overwhelmed. It's consuming me. He said, what do you need from me, Susan? I said, oh, God, I need your peace. And in that moment, I just realised, suddenly the fruit of the Spirit wasn't something intangible or ethereal. I actually needed the, the fruit of his Spirit in my life. What do you need? What do you need? God's saying, just ask me. In this prayer and fasting season that we're going through, one of the cries of my heart is, God, I want you to fill me with more peace. What are you crying out for? You know, the other week I was looking after our two grandchildren, Aurelia and Freddie, um, and I was reminded just how much parents of young kids need patience. In this season of life, oh my word. Maybe busyness has sucked the joy out of life for you and you need to ask God to fill you with joy. Maybe for some of you there's an addiction that you keep going back to. It's an inferior substitute for the satisfaction that only God through his spirit can bring. Maybe you need to ask God today for self-control. What do you need? Have you asked him? Because he wants to give it to you. What are you hungry for in this season? What are you crying out to God for? God, I'm more hungry for you and your spirit than I am for food right now. I'm more hungry to see fruit grow in my life than I am to sit scrolling on social media. What are you hungry for? What do you need to ask God for in this season? I'm gonna ask the rest of the prayer team to join us. You may have noticed these Fruit of the Spirit cards down the front. They're all in order. I did have to get some help. Love joy, peace, patience, what's resonating with your spirit right now, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. God, you are so faithful. Let me be faithful as you are faithful. Gentleness, self-control, cry of your heart. He wants to give it to you. Do you believe that? The good father, your good father wants to give it to you. He wants to grow good fruit in your life. If the spirit already lives in you, you just have to ask. you going to get the worship team to come up. Maybe today, You're listening to this and you realise you simply need to ask for His Spirit. Maybe you haven't actually come to that place of saying, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. I want the gift of your Spirit. I'm tired of the old fruit that's been coming out of my life, living by the flesh, the sinful nature. And I recognise my need for a Saviour. I can't do it on my own. I can't grow good fruit on my own. I keep trying to turn away from the sin on my own and it's not happening. It's not working. Scripture tells us that you will never be able to find salvation on your own. Maybe today you need to say, Holy Spirit, would you come and live in me? I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Saviour and I choose to follow Him. I choose to put my trust in Him that I would grow good fruit. I will bear the good fruit of the Spirit at work in my life. Can I encourage you this morning, if that's you, as we worship and pray, I want to encourage you to head over to Dave in the corner. You saw him up here before on the stage. I want you to head over to Dave and he would love to pray a prayer with you, inviting Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour and asking Him, to fill you with his spirit that's the best gift that you could get today and all of heaven would be rejoicing and celebrating what I want to encourage you to do we're we're going to sing a song everybody stand together we're going to sing a song that simply invites the spirit Holy Spirit you're welcome here And if there's a cry on your heart for one of these uh, these fruit, it's just something in this season that you're longing for more of, I want to encourage you to come down the front, grab one of these cards. You can take it home. You can put it on your fridge with a magnet and just remind yourself, God, I'm asking, I'm asking for more of your patience in this season with my kids. Fill me with your patience, God. I need it. Our prayer team here would love to stand alongside you. You don't have to say anything. They can see. And just allow them to pray over you that God's Spirit would fill you. Simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill your people.